This recording begins with a reading of the Gospel of the Day. That will be followed by the homily from Father Paul O'Brien. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. At that time, Jesus exclaimed, I give praise to you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, for although you have hidden these things from the wise and the learned, you have revealed them to little ones. Yes, Father, such has been your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son and anyone to whom the Son wishes to reveal him. Come to me, all you who labor and are burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am meek and humble of heart, and you will find rest for yourselves, for my yoke is easy and my burden light. The Gospel of the Lord. Today's first reading was from the Old Testament prophet Zechariah, who ministers to God's people in the sixth century before Christ. The passage we heard is from chapter nine. It's an oracle given to Zechariah about the coming of a future savior king. This king does not have the expected trappings of military power. Instead, in this oracle, Zechariah says that this future savior king will banish the chariot, the horse, the warrior's bow. He will extend peace and justice to all of the earth. There's a specific image in there of the Messiah kings entering into Jerusalem on an ass, a lowly animal, with the description of him as meek, M-E-E-K. See, your king shall come to you, a just savior is he, meek and riding on an ass. You may recall that that specific passage from Zechariah is quoted directly by the gospel writer Matthew in the 21st chapter of his gospel when he describes Jesus's entering Jerusalem to accomplish the salvation of the world through his passion, death, and resurrection. Matthew takes that oracle and says it is specifically about Jesus, who is meek. The word meek turns out to be important because Jesus uses it to describe himself in the passage we just heard from Matthew 11, I am meek. In the Beatitudes, in the fifth chapter of Matthew, Jesus also uses that word to describe the characteristic of people who actually choose to live as his disciples. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the land. So I invite you this week to join me in focusing on that word, meek, the quality of meekness in biblical terms. The word meek and meekness, the words meek and meekness in the Bible turn out to be used very differently than we use those words in common secular English. In secular English, we use the word meek to describe a person who's weak, a person who's timid, a person who's overly compliant. We use the word meek to describe a person who's spiritless, submissively passive, non-confrontational, lacking backbone. We use the word meek 
to describe a person who has a certain kind of doormat quality. I do not want to be meek as it's commonly used in secular English, and I hope you don't want to either. In the Bible, there are only two specific historical people who are described as meek, Moses in the Old Testament and Jesus in the New Testament. Neither Moses nor Jesus is anything like meek as we commonly use that word in secular English. So the question is, how is meek used in the Bible? The Greek word in the New Testament is praus, which has its Hebrew equivalent in the Old Testament. Praus is a word used in Greek to describe a wild animal that has been positively tamed for the good. Members of the ancient Greek army would wrangle wild horses and bring them in from the wild in order to train them as instruments of war. As I think you know, wild horses are unruly, they're rebellious, they're out of control. Not many horses brought in for this purpose ended up possessing the strength or the willingness to obey needed to be used by the Greek cavalry. Some of those horses were made into pack animals, others were just discarded. But those that qualified after being tamed were said to be praus, meek. They were still entirely powerful horses, but they were no longer unruly or rebellious or out of control. The war horses, the meek, would now charge into battle under the control of their masters, and they'd maneuver according to their master's commands. A meek horse was one that had kept its strength, but placed that strength under the authority of the one who had tamed it, properly channeling its power for victory in battle, a war horse. How does this connect with people? Many bad things happen in life. There is a lot of evil in this world and it impacts all of us. There can be tremendous injustice in this world in individual relationships and on a societal level. People do very bad things to one another. As a result of all that, we can get angry, frustrated, disappointed. We suffer in life inevitably and in the midst of that, we choose how to act. Think about two extremes of how we can choose to act, both of which are very evident in this country. At one extreme, we can choose to act with bitterness, resentment, roughness, uncontrolled anger, aggression, hatred, vengeance, bitterness, recklessness, harshness, brutality, and violence, this extreme is not good. At the other extreme, we can choose to act with indifference, with inaction, with cowardice. We can choose to act with resignation to evil. This extreme is also not good. Meekness is the virtue of living at neither extreme, 
by choosing to accept and submit without resistance to the will and desire of someone else, God. If I am meek, I choose to not be self-willed, not focused on my own ways, my own ideas, my own wishes, my own feelings. If I'm meek, I choose to submit myself to achieve what God wants, what God shows is good for other people and for me. How specifically do we do this? If we're Christian, we take seriously and accept directly Jesus' invitation in today's gospel reading to all who labor and are burdened. Come to me, take my yoke upon you, and learn from me. Jesus says, learn my way of love by living it as I live it. You will find rest for yourselves, for my yoke is easy and my burden light. Today's passage is from Matthew 11. In chapters 4 to 10 of Matthew, we hear about the beginning of Jesus' public ministry. We've talked about this in recent weeks. He travels all around of Galilee. He offers a wide range of teachings about who God is, what love is, how daily life is meant to be lived in God, in prayer and in action. Jesus not only preaches and teaches, through miraculous actions, he reveals the power of God that is clearly working through him. He cures every disease and illness. He casts out evil spirits. He even raises a young girl from the dead. As a result of all of this, huge numbers of people are responding positively to Jesus. Many of them become his followers, his disciples. Jesus attracts vast crowds of people many of them from well beyond the local area of Galilee. So that's chapters four to 10 of Matthew. In chapter 11, Matthew begins to emphasize for several chapters, the ways that many other people respond to Jesus negatively. They don't accept the words of Jesus as the revelation of God's truth. They don't recognize the miracles as revelations of God's power in Jesus. They actually take offense at him. They accuse Jesus of being a drunkard. They criticize him negatively as a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Jesus lovely, lovingly, clearly offers them an invitation to repent of their sins, and they freely choose to reject that invitation to not repent of their sins. Matthew particularly emphasizes that many religious leaders, certain scribes and Pharisees, hammer Jesus for what they see as violations of Jewish law. They accuse Jesus of working for the devil. They demand that he perform acts on their terms to prove that he's of God and they profoundly miss out his teaching about the merciful reality of God's love. When I choose to grow as a meek person in the mess of this world, I accept Jesus's invitation in this passage to go to him, to take his yoke upon myself and to learn from him. I look at Jesus when he experiences all of this rejection, ignorance, abuse, evil, 
injustice, assault, and I see how he responds, how Jesus chooses to act. He acts with firm resolve, with courage, with conviction. Jesus has a calm strength, even in the face of abuse. He is self-disciplined. He has a greatness of soul that is so much more than the small people who are trying to attack and ultimately destroy him. We've talked about this a lot around here. Jesus has righteous, controlled anger in word and in action that never does harm to anyone. He lives mercy for the nastiest people. He speaks out, he acts out against evil, all evil, without ever yielding to it. He is willing to endure hardship. He has humility. He has integrity. He endures. He trusts in the ultimate triumph of God his Father. All of that and more is meekness. Jesus himself is meekness. I am meek and humble of heart. If I go to Jesus, Jesus shows me, the more I learn about him and the more I imitate him, how to be meek. If I do choose to learn from Jesus, I choose to imitate him and grow as a person of meekness, a very powerful, maximally active person under the control of God's will through the imitation of Jesus, a war horse for God. So I invite you to join me in reflecting on this in the most straightforward way this week. Here's the, the set of questions you can ask yourself each day. What is biblical meekness? Number two, do you believe in the Messiah, Jesus, who is meek? And number three, in whatever is troublesome, whatever is burdensome, whatever is most difficult in your life, with all the ways you would otherwise behave, will you take his yoke upon you and learn from him? You will find rest for yourselves, for his yoke is easy and his burden is light. You have been listening to Father Paul O'Brien, pastor of St. Patrick Parish in Lawrence, Massachusetts. For more information about the parish and to get involved, please go to stpatrickparish.com or follow us on social media. Thank you for listening.